teaching is a lot right now. How can we make change? It's not a silly question. Grab a cuppa, a quiet place, or turn up the sound in your car as we take a little spiritual soul time out to talk about what we can control to make change in a very full job. are leaving the profession in droves and personally, I feel very helpless in making change at times. We know that the pressure is high and at the same time, we love our work. We love teaching children, helping them to grow in their identity, learning and character. But longevity in teaching is becoming more and more scarce due to all the pressure. What can we do when we don't really get a voice in all that is being asked for us? This is a tricky space. For some of you, you'll be in roles where you can influence. You can bring some aspects of change in our profession. If you're in leadership or a role where you have opportunity to have more voice in the way things are done in your school, definitely speak up, be brave, have courage, pray first, but go for it. And for some of us, we feel as though we are ducks treading water. Things are out of our control and coming at us all the time, and we simply have to get through these tasks. But there's got to be a better way, right? There's got to be something that we can be doing to bring about change, at least in our own lives, and perhaps through our own changes, see change happen in other teachers' lives as well. So let's take a moment to think about what we can control. You can control your well-being. I know it sounds simple, but it's something you can control to make change in your life and perhaps in the life of others. You are the one that gets to decide how you will live your life, what you give your attention to and what you allow to dictate your sense of peace, joy and calm. Sometimes in doing so, people won't like that. They might push up against your boundaries that you're putting in place, but you ultimately get to decide, yes, there are things that need to be done and we can't just go around saying no to our boss for important things like report cards or getting programming done. These are important things. But there are other things in our life that help contribute to our sense of well-being And if we have a good sense of well-being, that is something we are in control of. That is something we can do to bring change to our lives. Your well-being influences your whole life, right? The way you interact with loved ones, the way you interact with your students, and even the way you interact with yourself and your creator. The research of positive psychologist Dr. Martin Seligman He teaches us that happy people are more likely to perform better in their workplace and be conscientious workers. Our well-being is very clearly linked to our sense of happiness. And I don't know about you, I want to enjoy my work. I don't want to get bogged down in the little things. I want to put things in place to help me find daily joy and life in the work that I do. So how do we get there? 
How do we get this sense of well-being strong in our lives? In his book, Flourish, Dr. Seligman mentions five elements that help to create a healthy well-being. We have positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement. And you might have heard this terminology as PERMA before. Let's unpack it a little bit. So positive emotion is when happiness and life satisfaction are all aspects that are feeling good and healthy and full. How happy are you? Engagement is the ability to get lost in the moment. And if you want to learn more about that, you can head to episode 17 on savoring or episode 11 on finding flow. Relationships. Now, this relates to positive relationships. Uh, Christopher Peterson describes it as other people and the way we relate to other people. Think about the last time you laughed so hard water sprayed out of your nose or your abs were sore the next day. It was when you were with other people, right? It's with other people, and for us, it's the kids in our classroom most often, that we find that profound sense of meaning or purpose. Other people are the best anecdotes to the downs of lives and the single most reliable up alongside Jesus. The research tells us that having someone to talk to life's up and downs about can lead to a longer lifespan. To love and be loved is a gift. M for meaning. Well, that's all about belonging to and serving something we believe is bigger than self. And for you and I, that's our faith in God. It's our sense of calling in our work to teach. We know that what we do isn't about us. It's not about personal gain. Even though we do gain a lot, we see them grow, we see them learn, we see them have personal success, and that just blesses our soul, doesn't it? But believing and serving in something bigger is part of having a good, strong, healthy well-being. And the last one is accomplishment or achievement. I like to reflect on Chariots of Fire. Remember that movie when the actor playing the real-life character, Eric Liddell, says, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. God has given us gifts and talents in so many various ways that to name them would leave people's uniqueness out. What do you love? What brings you joy and a sense of accomplishment? And when you do those things, you feel God's pleasure. Do those things. Here's the beauty in reading these five elements of a healthy well-being. Jesus kind of sums them up in three. (laughs) Allow me to read to you from the Bible in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. The title is The Greatest Commandment. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these 
commandments. When I read those scriptures, I can't help but think of Perma. To love God is to be fully engaged and present in His presence. It's about finding meaning and positive emotion in the joy of the Lord. I find that loving others is that other place of relationship. You know, we have Father, Son and Spirit, but then we have these positive relationships where we love other people and we serve other people and we care for other people. And in return, they do so for us. And then to love self is that achievement, is that positive emotion, is that sense of I am walking in the will of God. I am in the calling of God in my vocation and I am doing it with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. So if Jesus is telling us these perma elements are very important through loving God, loving others and loving ourselves, and I think we should listen and take heed. But where do we start? I always think start small, create an achievable goal. I have three practices that I'd like to share with you and maybe one of them will really jump out at you and that's something you can take hold of and begin to practically apply to your life to increase your well-being, to have a little bit of control over what happens in your school space, in your job, in your career. The research has proven that these three things actually increase your well-being. So let's take a look. The first one is gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time, and thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. I think being grateful is a beautiful thing. The Bible encourages it over and over again, but living a life of gratitude helps you to see the really good things in life. It helps you to see the positive things, the blessings that God has given you. And there is this one practice in gratitude that I think is worth having a little try. Take a breath, close your eyes, and think about someone who is still alive who years ago did or said something that changed your life for the better. Siegelman in his book Flourish calls this the gratitude visit. Take hold of that person, write a letter of gratitude. Write about all the things that they did or said and the way that it helped you or changed you and encouraged you. He then challenges us to reach out to that person, to ask to meet up with them, to share our letter and to talk about how it made you feel and how perhaps it's making them feel. You will be guaranteed to walk away feeling a little happier, a little more blessed and a little more grateful. The second one is the three blessings. And I love this one. This one is one that draws close to my heart and is something that I like to push into when I can feel there's a sense of my well-being is feeling a little lower, a little flatter. Take some time in the evening to make a herbal tea or something else if you don't like herbal tea. Grab your journal and write down three things that went well today. But not just writing them down, write down why they went well. These things don't have to be wow factor amazing. It can keep it really simple. It might be one of the students in my class actually brought their pencil case today after six weeks of asking them to remember to bring their pencil case. 
that's a win. That is something positive that happened in your day. But it might be something even bigger, like my sister just gave birth to a healthy baby boy. An amazing event, something to bring you so much joy, something that was a blessing to your life. Then next to each positive event, answer this question. Why did this happen? Well, the student, after much chatting and remembering and building a relationship, really thought about they wanted to bring that pencil case because they wanted to please you. They wanted to see you smile. That's something that you could write. Or if I was thinking about my sister, she actually had her baby during one of our lockdowns here. I live on the central coast and we were in lockdown for a a lot in 2021. So I was thinking God was watching over her when I couldn't be there. Writing about why the positive events in your life happened may feel a little bit orkies at first, but stick it out for at least a week and you will go to bed not dwelling on all that went wrong in your world, but you will have a joyful heart as you drift off to sleep. The third one is helping someone. Perhaps there's someone you know who is going through a bit of a tough season. Think about ways that you could be a blessing to them. How could you come alongside and help them? Maybe it's a meal or some washing or cleaning their house, looking after their kids for a few hours. Whatever it might be, think about what could be helpful for that person. You could even support a charity that you know are doing great work. Or have a cuppa with an elderly person who may be a tad lonely down the road. Go ahead and pick just one of these things that sit well with you and the current season of life you're in. Try it out. This is something you can do to increase your well-being at work and at home. So go and give it a go. Thanks for joining me for episode 18 of It's Not a Silly Question, a spiritual soul time out for teachers. I hope you found this episode encouraging and practical. I'd love to see or hear what you are doing to try and take a little bit of control of your life in the area of well-being. So take a photo and tag me at Carly Thompson underscore FaithRightTeach in your socials so I can share what this community are doing to bring about change in your own well-being and in the lives of others. Not on socials? Well, you can email me at Carly at CarlyThompson.com and I'd love to hear from you. Remember, there is much we can't control instantly to make change in our profession but we can start with our well-being. You can control this to a degree. As you make change, you will inspire others to make change too. And yes, there will be people that push back against the changes you're trying to make. Be strong, sweet soul. Change starts with you. Change starts with what you apply in your life. So as you go about making change today, Let me leave you with this wonderful quote from Rob Siltonen. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. 
They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do.